Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and sponsored by our good friend Patrick O'Neill. This is show number 139, released on July 27th, 2016. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined by my good friend Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Hey, hey, hey. What's happening? Not too much. It's, uh, it's kind of been a pretty good month uh, as far as news is concerned. Uh, I think um, culminated, or not culminated, uh, finished off by uh, Comic-Con, which happened in San Diego uh, this past weekend, and uh, I guess a lot of news came out of that, but um, other than that, it's kind of been, yes, the release of Batman v Superman, the Ultimate Edition on Blu-ray, DVD, but beyond that, it's kind of been a, a bit of a quiet period of the year, because obviously there's no TV stuff, there's no new movie, uh, the comic book's powering on, but I guess Comic-Con will be uh, the big thing that we'll be talking about to start with. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, from what I saw, I didn't really see too much going on with Superman, per mm. se, mm-hmm. at Comic-Con. Although Henry Cavill was bouncing around. I don't know if you saw any of the videos of him yes. in the uh, in the V for Vendetta mask uh, showing up at uh, the Suicide Squad panel was really cool. And I guess he, he walked around and took pictures with people and no one knew it was him. And then he revealed himself to Will Smith as he was getting his... Suicide Squad shirt signed. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Uh, it seems like Henry's got that bit of a uh, a thing that he likes to do, where he walks, likes to walk around, whether he gets sees if he gets recognised or he likes to go undercover. He did it at uh, Times Square in New York, where he walked around, uh, you know, uh, incognito, if you like. And uh, he's done it here again in San Diego Comic Con uh, with a mask yeah, on, <laughs> and it's pretty cool. Surprising guys at like Times Square. He, he was just himself. He didn't. <laughs> He didn't even have a mask or anything, and uh, he wasn't recognized by people who were standing under the giant billboards of his <laughs> huge face up above the city. But uh, uh, I-, I like that he's uh, playing around with it. I like that he's in good spirits, even though he's clearly being relegated to the background of unimportance um, as other characters, such as Deadshot and uh, 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 Snot Rag or whatever the other characters' names are in Suicide Squad. And, of course, Batman, uh, always in the forefront, uh, while uh, all the other members of the Justice League in our little reel that we got to see made to look kind of foolish as Batman and Bruce Wayne get all the cool, look at me, I'm the best uh, kind of gags and sights and dialogue. And Superman nowhere to be seen when we do see uh, our little peek at Justice League. Yeah, we did. Uh, Zack Snyder did appear during the Warner Brothers panel presentation in Hall H on the Saturday of Comic Con, July twenty third, and uh, it was a very a quick presentation where they brought on the cast. They brought on Ben Affleck, then they had uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, um, Ezra Miller, who plays the Flash. And then they kind of said, look, you know, look, the Justice League isn't the Justice League without Superman. And after a bit of a delay, they brought on Henry Cavill to Wild Applause, which I thought was really cool that, you know, that kind of uh, him coming onto the stage in that way it wasn't just another cast member. He was like, we can't have Super- uh, Justice League without the Superman and uh, without Superman. And yes, you know, we know what happened at the end of Batman v Superman, but obviously we don't want to spoil what happens. But uh, yes, Superman is in it, obviously. Uh, the, the, the presentation of footage that they showed from Justice League uh, shows Bruce Wayne uh, going around trying to bring together 
the you know these superhero characters, these special people with special powers, to be part of a group. And you know he obviously approaches Aquaman, who says no. Um, him and Gal Gadot are trying to you know bring these people together. Um, the Flash, Barry Allen, is yeah, like, yeah, I need friends. I'm in, I'm in. You know, without any hesitation whatsoever. And we obviously see a bit of Cyborg there as well. And uh, no Superman, as you mentioned. But I guess that's because Superman won't be part of the film for the most part until uh, they need him upon his resurrection. Yeah, and I certainly hope, obviously, that it's one of these things where we finally get to see Superman in his resplendency. Um, Here I come to save the day is what I'm hoping for Mm -hmm. as they and I don't mind. I don't even mind if he sings that. It really doesn't bother (laughs) me if they're all kind of in dire straits and uh, without his uh, intercedence, it would be a failure you know, in whatever it is they're trying to accomplish or, uh, I mean, the movie kind of looks like a comedy, kind of a goof take at the moment. Maybe there's going to be some seriousness involved, but I know that everybody's whining about darkness and seriousness and realism. And, and he's already said justice League's going to be much lighter. And, and we have, um, every, every line of dialogue from Barry Allen sounds like it's coming out of the mouth of Jerry Lewis, except it's not delivered with uh, such comedic timing. It's kind of clunky to me, uh, a little goofy. And, uh, he very much doesn't seem like Barry Allen. He seems much more like a Wally type mm, of a character true. from my, uh, you know, I'm not a, a flash expert, but Wally was the quipper. Wally was the guy who kind of was insecure and, wanted to uh, make jokes to kind of impress people and, and needed friends and that sort of thing. Whereas Barry was always more kind of serious and uh, had a job and was around people and knew does people. He, he wasn't seem, a recluse in a lab. Does he seem more like the uh, Flash from the animated series that was played by... Um, oh, one of my Rosenbaum. Favorite. Rosenbaum, yes. Uh, and yes, he does. He seems more like, and that was Wally. Uh, that Wally, obviously not uh, the Wally on the TV show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the Wally, the the version of the Flash we got on the Justice League show, he seems more like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, the di- you know, the short bit of dialogue we were shown from him, I also don't like the uh, outfit. I was not. Uh, I was not. Uh, we only see it a it's short glimpse. Metallic, isn't it? It looks odd. Uh, I'm okay with everybody else. That one looked a little odd to me. But um, again, we only saw a short amount of it. I, I do think he's the oddest casting of the bunch. And a lot of people would say that Jason Momoa is outside what you would normally think of as Aquaman. But if you do look at some of the 90s Aquaman books where he had the hook hand mm, or long hair, where he had the long hair and he was tougher looking and kind of grizzled uh this this harkens back to that Mm. whereas um this ezra miller doesn't look like any flash i've ever seen yeah true so that's the justice league footage that was shown at comic con obviously uh the movie isn't out until november of 2017 so uh they've edited this together put it together it's probably going to look uh, fairly different some of the special effects around the flash and cyborg you know may end up being uh, completely different to what is uh, being shown here because it's such early stages. Uh, they're still filming. There's still a lot to be done. So the fact that we've got anything edited together for Comic-Con 2016 is was a bit of a surprise. 
Um, I imagine we'll see more and have a bigger panel and everything in Comic-Con 2017, which will be a couple of months out from the release of the film in 2017. So looking forward to that. It is pretty cool that they all came together for a very brief appearance and, you know, flew in from all parts of the world to be there at, in San Diego. Uh, we'll now, I did watch it yep. twice. As much as I am kind of poo-pooing it a little bit, mm. uh, it's still very exciting, the idea of the first time they're all coming together for a Justice League movie. What I think I would have liked, and uh, let's face it, nobody, uh, even the general public, uh, cares that it was uh, seemingly Superman was dead. It's not going to be a spoiler if they show us that he's in Justice League. And I think everyone knows, not just comic book geeks, that Henry Cavill's in the Justice League movie. I think everybody knows that we've seen him training, that we've seen him behind yeah. the scenes, that we've seen him on set. So it's not like we... I would get it if this was like the 80s where you didn't know stuff before it happened. Mm -hmm. Where And I really kind of... I wish we still had that time period, but we had the uh, technological before advancements the that we have now. Uh, yeah, because you wouldn't know. You 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 know uh, when someone like uh, Superman dies at the end of the movie, you you you'd say, well, they have to bring him, and you'd assume that he'd be in the movie, but, you but you'd have no it. way of being <clears throat> until you showed it. And what I might have liked to see, or in that time period, they might not have shown it because maybe until November of 2017, they're going to keep it under wraps and no one's going to know. Like with Star Wars, they called it a whole different movie, and no one even know knew knew it was being filmed uh, because they could do that, but today they can't. But I would have liked to see maybe uh, maybe his hand come up out of the dirt or just as a final scene, a capper. But it seems to me, and, and this might just be my concern and my own worry and my own hopes that they don't kind of relegate Superman to being a, a nobody. Uh, I, 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 I feel like they don't want to give that spotlight to him. They want it to be everybody else and mainly Batman. So to have that as a capper at the end, I feel almost like they'd say, oh, yeah, but that's saying that everyone cares or that that Superman's big and, and we really don't want to go that way. So I I hope that's not the case. No, I hope so, too. And I don't think it would be. Um, you know, I think uh, they might not just have filmed anything of, around that yet. So uh, the fact that we got so much, you know, that we you know, any footage at all, I think, is amazing at this point in time. So that's early true. In the and game. then saying that the Flash outfit may just be a CGI type of a thing that yeah, they might not aren't refining. sure what it's going to look like yet. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about a little bit more about Comic Con when we talk about the comics later on in the show. Uh, but moving on to Batman v Superman, it did have its Ultimate Edition released on Blu-ray this past couple of weeks. Uh, I did get an early review copy from Warner Brothers on Blu-ray which I managed to sit down, found three hours in my day to sit down and watch it, and then found some other extra time to sit down and watch most of the uh, bonus material, the special features that are included uh, in the Blu-ray combo pack. Um, I have to say, the movie itself, and I, I, you know, we've, uh, you've done a, a fair bit of discussion about the movie but uh, on your Great Scott video segments, but the Ultimate Edition is definitely an improvement on the theatrical version because we get... Uh, more behind, uh, more ex extra parts of the story, uh, more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just fleshed out more. There's more explanation. Uh, the characters that are important to the movie, uh, the secondary characters like the woman from Africa and uh, some of these other people that Clark Kent goes to, in to interview and investigate, 
and and their reasoning behind dumping on Superman in this movie is explained much more and and and, and more satisfactorily than it was in the theatrical version. We get more Clark Kent, more Lois Lane investigating, being reporters. I just felt like it was more of a you know a, a more well-rounded film. Yes, it was long at three hours, but it just helped to really define the reasons behind it. It added the manipulation of Lex Luthor an extra level, even if it was already you know part and parcel of what the movie was made up of. You just saw the extent of his manipulation of all these people and political, you know, everything. Uh, so I actually imp it improved the movie for me. The extra information that we received in that thirty minutes of extra footage. Awesome. Well, now that you've said all of that, I need to say my uh, thing. So just bear with me a second. I ordered the ultimate edition from Amazon mm. uh, with a statue, the right. Superman statue. You could get Batman or you could get Superman. And I, of course, uh, strangely enough, chose the Superman side of the mm. statues. And I ordered it on June 19th, which is a full month and more uh, over the time uh, that I should have needed to order it, and uh, was promised day of release it would be at my door. Now, last week I went on a business trip, and I didn't get back till Thursday, which means I should have had it for two days at that point, and I expected to come home from the trip, watch it, and be able to talk about it on here, do a little segment on Great Scott, because that would be my capper. I haven't talked about the Ultimate Edition yet. It was not here. I checked it out. It's been delayed. Now, I was supposed to have it by tomorrow, but I went and that would, well, tomorrow, you'll hear this after I would have, on, Ju on July 26th, which was a week after release date, although Amazon promised me release date at the door. So I canceled that. It was going to cost me 116 bucks. I was going to get a statue, but I was supposed to get it on release date, and I made promises to people that I was going to talk about this on Great Scott, and I'm not going to, you know, I just want everyone to know you can't necessarily trust Amazon who says you're going to have this released to you uh, day of because now I had to go out and buy it. I only got it tonight because everyone locally is sold out of the Blu-ray. Yeah, that was a disappointing thing from Amazon. Uh, I'd heard another, a number of people had the same issue with the Superman statue uh, exclusive that Amazon offered. Uh, it wasn't released. The Superman version did not arrive as promised on the day of delivery that they had originally promised for pre-orders and everything like that. The Batman one did which is typical, uh, <laughs> but the Superman one, people are still waiting for it, and that's very disappointing for those people who ordered that. Being an Amazon exclusive, you think that they ha would have had it ready and uh, uh, set to ship on time um, with, with people who pre-ordered it months in advance, weeks in advance. So very disappointing. For, um, I'm very disappointed on behalf of those people like yourself who were, you know, were hoping uh, to get this uh, delivered on the day of release. Uh, that's uh, it's pretty poor form, and um, you know hopefully we'll get a chance to, to to listen to your thoughts about it on Great Scott in the coming week or so. Yeah, I did pick it up tonight. I don't know that I'll have time to watch it before I have to record, uh, so I may do. So I may have another week. I hate to keep delaying because. You know, I'm yeah. already still talking about Batman v Superman, and it came out almost six months ago, which mm. is crazy. But, uh, you know, uh, everyone's talking about the Ultimate Edition three weeks ago because mm. it came out on digital. Yeah. And I didn't want to buy it on digital because when the zombie apocalypse happens and all of the servers get destroyed, how am I going to watch a movie if I don't have <laughs> the DVD hard copy? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and the bonus material, I reviewed that on the website. Uh, I think it's a bit lacking in. in 
in quantity, the quality of it is really good. You know, the, the surprise. I, I'm so disappointed to hear that from you because I felt like Man of Steel was also lacking, and I don't understand that. I don't, I don't yeah. get it. I mean, you'd think the, you know you're going to do a three-hour version of the movie. That should be uh, there should be enough material there for you to discuss and and you know do behind-the-scenes stuff. And there are there are some great ones. You know, the one on Superman and seeing Henry Cavill's stunt double and. And seeing how they, you know, film certain scenes, you know, the sink smashing across the back of Superman's head, and how it's just a foam bit of foam rubber that uh, they're using during filming. That's later on, you know, uh, done and computerized, and uh, the, you know, the wire work and and all the whole thing. What showing what they did was was great. I just felt that there wasn't enough of it. You know, I would have liked to see maybe a blooper reel. I mean, of course, it's such a serious movie that you know, seeing them. You know, having a few bloopers and gaffes and things where they break down, you know, into uh, laughter because someone, you know, fluffed their lines or whatever it might be would have been a, a bit of fun to see, you know, uh, and just maybe some, you know, a, a special on the digital effects and how they do that and, you know, um, breaking down, you know, what's from green screen to, you know, to how it goes into the computer to the finished product. You know, that would have been pretty cool to see. And obviously there's no commentary track because a three-hour movie, they probably couldn't get anybody in for three hours to sit down and watch <laughs> it themselves. I don't know, but I just felt that while the quality of the material there is, is top-notch, um, they're all very similar in, in the feel, and so I didn't feel like there was enough quantity uh, involved, included in the, the Blu-ray edition. Huh, that's very disappointing to hear. And is there a commentary track for the theatrical edition? No. Uh, the theatrical edition is uh, just on the... Uh, I there's no commentary track at all uh, on any of them. So um, the theatrical... You get the DVD version, which is just the theatrical. There is no ultimate edition on DVD because obviously I think the DVD just can't hold a three-hour movie. So um, you get the theatrical version on DV, you get the ultimate edition on Blu-ray and the theatrical version on Blu-ray as well, and that's where all the bonus material is on that uh, on that disc with the theatrical version. <clears throat> eh, very disappointing because on Man of Steel there was no commentary either. There mm. was this thing they did where they took a little, uh, they cut it, they cut the screen, and the movie kept playing, and one of the actors would talk about something that was going on right, right then, but there aside. was no. It was no standard where it played through the whole thing and you could hear the director or actor's thoughts on the whole movie. Maybe they're moving away from that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't buy a lot of movies. Yeah, maybe sure. it's not something people do anymore. like anymore. Or even maybe they did research and realized nobody ever watches that stuff. Mm. Or, or in general, if the amount of people that watch it, uh, like I was just – when I went to pick up the movie, I was looking at new TVs because this 4K Ultra DVD Ultra – the high D definition is coming out now. And they were saying that, because I said, should I, I would like to get a 3d TV. Cause I never watched my man of steel 3d copy yeah. on TV. I have it. It's in that little S shield that I got. <laughs> and I saw it in 3d in the theater once, but, and they said, yeah, they're kind of doing away with 3d TVs. There aren't even any new ones that were released this season. They still sell some, but their previous years, so I, I, that seems to be kind of, and maybe again, they did research and people said, ah, we really don't care about that. And generally, I don't go for 3D that much myself, no. but I have it, so I kind of would like to see it. It's yeah, there. Same. But. Yeah, uh, so that's uh, Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. Uh, you know, it's. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on in, in, any complaints you had if you did the, the Amazon thing, uh, which version you got. Uh, we were uh, running, ran a poll about that. Seems like the standard Blu-ray 
was the one that most people got, uh, and with 3D That's being the second now. most. Yeah, same. And um, yeah, so uh, there's a poll currently running at the very beginning of this month that you're listening to this uh, podcast asking about uh, your thoughts on, on the Ultimate Edition compared to the theatrical version. So get involved in that poll. Now, quickly... There's maybe, a 4K version yeah, as well. Yeah, 4K is... My parents Which, bought a 4K TV, and the quality of 4K is just amazing. It's eye-popping. So, uh, yeah, if you've got a 4K version, wow. Yeah, I almost... I'm, 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 I'm in this... Pro, like, it was sold out in Blu-ray in all the stores I went to. I finally found it in Target tonight. And it took me like an hour to go to three different stores, and I had gone to some the other day. And I was thinking of almost buying a whole package. I was going to buy a 4K TV. I was wow. going to buy a 4K player and the 4K movie, all for a, a movie, <laughs> one disc that, that was released. I, I've actually been thinking of upgrading my TV anyway, mm. but that's a, a huge expense. Yeah. And right now, only one company makes a player. And that's Samsung, yep. uh, Sony, and some others are coming out with them later. But yes, uh, they had comparisons going on, and 4K looks great. Yeah, uh, but it is a big expense to change over all your stuff, especially if it's just for this movie. But I was so excited! I was like, "Oh, I could watch this Batman v Superman, and <laughs> it'll look even better than what, what I remember it looking like." But uh, I didn't do it. I have mm. Blu-ray instead. <laughs> Very good. Now, just quickly back to the Justice League movie. There was one bit of casting news that came out this past month, and that was. Uh, a mystery role for actor Julian Lewis Jones, who uh, you may recognise. Uh, he's been in a few things, Invictus and, and other things like that. Uh, don't know what role he'll be. He's a Welsh actor. Not sure what role they're making for him or what role he'll be filling uh, out in the Justice League movie. But he has Martian Manhunter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that could that not, couldn't that could definitely be a possibility. Um, but uh, we're missing one member still, aren't we? There's Green Lantern also, yeah. So they're only going with six, but yeah, right so, now we're only five, right? So uh, then six would be Green Lantern, and then seven. Who's seven? There is no seven, but no, it's, it's supposed. Where would to be where do you get? You got Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Cyborg, Aquaman, Flash. That's six. I said that first, and then you said Green Lantern, so I guess he'd be the seventh. Oh, okay, yeah. I will. If there's a Green Lantern. If there is a Green movie. Lantern. Yes, that's right. We don't know. But we're missing somebody. Maybe Julian's the, the Green Lantern. Who knows? But. Maybe. Maybe he's that seventh member that you're talking about. So that's the only bit of casting news for Justice League. Maybe he's Steppenwolf. <laughs> well, that seems to be a CGI character, as it was portrayed in Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. But... Uh, that's where we're at with the films, Batman v Superman, out on Blu-ray, uh, and Justice League. You know, we've got that tidbit of information from San Diego Comic-Con. The only other also movie... Wonder Woman. Watch if you oh, haven't yes, seen it. Watch the trailer for Not Wonder Superman, Woman. but wow, it yeah. looks incredible. Exactly. And the only other movie news that we need to discuss is the fact that the latest Lego DC Comics superhero movie, Lego Justice League Gotham City Breakout, is now also available on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, I was supposed to get a review copy from Warner Brothers. They sent me an email saying, you should have received your copy by now. Here are the things that you need to mention in your review and blah, blah, blah. And I went, uh, no, I haven't. It didn't arrive. And I've heard nothing since. And my replies, uh, no replies to my emails asking about where they're probably supplied by Amazon. So they weren't (laughs) able to get it so that they could give it to you. So uh, if you have uh, managed to see it, love to hear your thoughts on that. A new animated movie from the Lego people and DC Comics. Uh, so uh, we can't talk about that here because uh, neither of us have 
seen it yet, but uh, looking forward to catching that one as well. Awesome. All right, let's move into some TV talk. And for Supergirl, the title of the premiere episode for Season 2, which is now on the CW, uh, looking forward to that taking place, is the title of the first episode will be Adventures of Supergirl, which is obviously, you know, a, a very familiar title from the comics, from, you know, the Adventures of Superman TV series, and, you know, there's so many, you know, just the whole the adventures thing is, uh, is a pretty common thing, but uh, an interesting title for an episode of a TV series. That is a strange title. I, I mean, I don't know if they're... You know, because they're, it's on the CW, they're kind of going a little more chintzy. I don't, I'm not really sure, but um, I, I'm looking forward to it either way, and I want to find out what, what was in that pod. So, Yeah, and if you are not a Supergirl fan or you haven't really watched the show for season one and not sure what's happening, uh, maybe you, know, you weren't a CBS person or whatever the case may be, you can rewatch the entire first season on the CW. They're going to be starting the from the pilot episode on August first. They're going to be running two episodes a week, back to back. I think it might be uh, two episodes a week uh, from August first until they've finished all the twenty episodes, and we'll start with uh, the first season, uh, first episode of season two, uh, which will be on Monday, October tenth at eight pm on the CW. So I'll be able to watch the entire first season on the CW from August 1st until the premiere of season two on, on October 10th. Well, I have heard a lot of people say that they uh, didn't try it. They were going to watch it and then they just didn't get around to it. And now they might because it's on CW. So good news. You can watch the whole first season now to get you ready for the new uh, season two when it comes, uh, I guess, in October or something like that. Yep, October 10th. So... Uh, and there's been some casting news for uh, the Supergirl Season 2. We've had Ian Gomez has been cast to play Snapper Carr. And it's an interesting one because uh, Snapper Carr is an, normally a young uh, uh, character. But here uh, he's noted as being a headstrong, sharp-witted newsman hired by Cat Grant. Uh, Snapper's commitment to hard-hitting journalism pushes Cat Carr reporters to dig deeper in the pursuit of excellence He's a man who tells people what he thinks of them, and he's, his no-holds-barred approach pushes Kara in unexpected ways. And uh, he will be part of the cast for Season 2, maybe being more of a kind of uh, a foil um, because of the fact that maybe Calista Flockhart isn't going to be in the show as much as she was in Season 1 with her not moving from L.A., to uh, Vancouver uh, as the show has moved its production there. Uh, we may see Ian Gomez as Snapper Car being more of the Cat Grant type character uh, for Cara than, uh, than Cat Grant herself. That's what it sounded like when I read this. It sounds like he's going to be kind of the guy who takes over normal everyday operations of telling people what to do. And uh, you're right, it doesn't really fit the person that you normally think of as Snapper Car, but. My my biggest disappointment there is that we're losing the f the female uh, boss role where we got to see her kind of as the annoying witch character, but also uh, we saw that she had some heart, she had some depth to her, and she was hiding some things with her aggressiveness that uh, made her a more touching uh, character, and, and, and she and Kara's relationship was... Uh, progressing and and so i'm disappointed that 
we brought another male in to be the what seems like it's going to be the boss type figure and mm. that obviously we're losing Callista um for however many episodes will you know she won't be on i i know she's going to appear from time to time that's i think the latest word yeah we don't know exactly how many episodes or how involved she will be or how that will take place but uh yeah that's uh, where things are going well, what we think is where things are going with that particular role. Uh, the other piece of uh, casting announcement was Floriana Lima cast in the role of Maggie Sawyer for Supergirl. Now, uh, this character obviously was created by John Byrne and first introduced in 1987 as the captain of the uh, MC, uh, MSC, the Metropolis Special Crimes Unit. Um, and uh, she, Maggie is revealed, was revealed as being a lesbian in the Superman titles. Uh, but uh, whether or not that will transfer into the TV series, I'm not sure. But on Supergirl, Maggie will be a detective for the National City Police Department who takes a special interest in the cases involving aliens. So uh, interesting casting there. I'm glad to see Maggie Sawyer transfer from the comics to the TV show. Yeah, I mean, she was on Smallville. She was on the uh, animated Superman animated yep. series, so I guess this is our third foray into television for Maggie Sawyer. So it's it's good to see that happening. The only one I keep missing who doesn't seem to turn, although Turpin, I guess, was in Smallville, but it was a very, mm. very different version of Dan Turpin. I'd like to see the the grizzled, kind of angry, uh, big lug of a guy. Dan Turpin be cast somewhere, but uh, at least we got Maggie, so we'll start there. Yeah, and Chris Woods, another actor, has been cast in an unknown role for season two of Supergirl. We don't know what role he'll play, but uh, he's a veteran of TV shows like Vampire Diaries, Carrie Diaries, and most recently Containment. So he's joining the series as a series regular, but uh, his role is shrouded in mystery at the moment. So uh, we'll wait and see. When Supergirl starts on October 10th for Season 2 on the CW, just what role he will uh, be playing. Awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, that's the Supergirl news. Uh, and again, it's been a bit quiet this past month because of the fact that, you know, things, obviously, they're filming, they're about to start. Uh, the cast of Supergirl was on, at San Diego Comic-Con. They did have a panel and they did have signings and things like that. They did a really cute video where they tried to... Uh, uh, recap season one's story in musical form with uh, uh, Jeremy Jordan, who plays uh, Win Shot, um, being uh, taking the lead, I guess, from uh, between him and uh, Melissa Benoist uh, in coming up with uh, a musical version of what he thinks uh, what, or how they think the season one, the story of Kara uh, progressed, and then you know James and Jimmy and and all that kind of stuff. It was pretty funny. Uh, they sound like a they seem like a real fun bunch to be around. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the cast. I really do. And I think uh, the show has uh, given all of them opportunity to shine, not so much as singing a song about the entirety of the season, but <laughs> certainly uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them for season two. I wonder, and I'm sure they're just happy to be working and happy to have the show go on, but I wonder how it feels uh, to to and this is going to sound controversial, but that's why I'm here. Um, why I wonder how it feels to them to go from a real network to the CW. Oh wow, yes. <clears throat> <laughs> well, uh, I guess like you said, they'd be just be happy the fact that the show is continuing, 
and from their perspective it probably won't mean too much in a change because it'll still be the same people working with them you know Belanti and crew and all those people uh, will still be part of the show but yeah I wonder if there will be any change in the way they see their show uh, because it has moved to the CW but then the Flash and Arrow and the other people that they're friends and familiar with will also be on the, are also on the same network well, taking it a little more seriously, other than the cut-up I was trying to be a moment ago, I wonder if you feel like, even though you're succeeding because you're getting a second season, if you feel like you failed in some way or that your show failed mm. or that you feel deflated, like, oh, geez, I wish the regular people who watch TV would have watched it instead of just the people who like comic book shows on, on the CW, which I am one of them. So. I like Arrow and I like Flash and I'm glad that's that Supergirl's getting a second season which if they pressed it with uh, CBS we wouldn't get and I said from the beginning it was a wrong move in the first place it should have been on CW but and now that we are I wonder how you feel when you like if you're Greg Berlanti you're very successful you got all these shows going on but then you go, wow, I got the big leagues now. I got CBS. I can try and introduce a Supergirl character to the masses instead of just a few people on the CW. And then it, and then it goes down the tubes and you go, oh, please, CW, let me have it on here. And, and they do because you have a couple of shows on there. And so I wonder how he even feels in terms of – obviously, he'd never tell you. He'd say, oh, we feel great. We yeah. love working with CW. Yeah. This is fantastic. But Fine. in terms of it being a bigger scale, the idea that there are so many more people who might watch the CBS shows, uh, it must be a little deflating. But on the other hand, if it keeps the viewership that it had on CBS, it'll be the biggest show on the CW. So mm. that would be great. Yeah, for sure. So, And Tyler Hoechlin was also, as we know, playing Superman, was there at Comic-Con as well as part of the cast. Uh, in attendance, so uh, great to see him fitting in with his new castmates. So looking forward to Season 2 of Supergirl kicking off October 10th on The CW, Monday, 8pm. Awesome. Now, uh, if you are a fan of Supergirl, and especially the music that is in Supergirl, La La Land Records are releasing the Supergirl soundtrack on CD. Uh, They're also releasing a soundtrack for the uh, Justice League animated series. So La La Land Records really uh, doing great things with you know, some uh, new announcements. Uh, the First off, the Justice League one, I'll talk about that quickly because I've got that in front of me. That's a four-CD four set. Uh, that will be uh, you know, all the music. Uh, it's, a lim- it's limited edition to 3,000 units. will cost $60. Uh, will retail for $60. Um, and uh, that can be purchased through the La La Land Records website um the supergirl soundtrack uh is available uh july 26 so the time that you're listening to this podcast again a limited edition of 3000 units and it will retail for 16 dollars and that has a, a number of tracks from season one of supergirl and comes in a nice little package and everything like that so uh if you're interested lalalandrecords.com very cool. I, I, you know, when you started to talk about it, I thought, what is the market for that? And apparently, it's three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Justice League went off the air fifteen years ago or whatever. Uh, the Superman animated record came out not that long ago, and that went off twenty years ago or longer. So, are there really people? I'm sure there are 
uh, I wouldn't mind having it. Mm. But 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 as far as it being a worldwide release with you know hundreds of millions of people on the planet, are they really you know that interested in something like this? But if they're only making three thousand copies, I'm sure they'll find their uh, buyers. Mm. So that's LaLaLandRecords.com for those two soundtrack, soundtrack collections. All right, the only other bit of TV news that I uh, want to mention before we move into our comic book discussion is the highlights reel that we received at Comic-Con for Justice League Action, the new animated features or series that will be on Cartoon Network soon. Uh, we got to see a little bit of like a sizzle reel that included Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman... A number of other heroes uh, that uh, some surprising appearances, and uh, you know it says the world's greatest superheroes return to television in Justice League action, an all-new quarter-hour animated series, and it will be coming soon to Cartoon Network. What did you think of this? I love the, the the look of it. Well, I'm gonna say two things, two words that I have about uh, this little sizzle reel we saw. Well, the first word is Batman, 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 Batman. And the second word <laughs> is, uh, very kiddie-ish. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, and I know they've already said that it's going to be more geared toward young viewers, mm -hmm. but, uh, but again, with the Batman, he opens the reel. He's on every picture. If you go to YouTube to look this up, to watch it, he's the, he's what you see when you look up justice league action. He's at the, you know, he's at the front of the video. He's at the end of the video. Although they did throw me a bone and Superman flies by as the title comes up. Yeah. So he is technically Superman is the last thing we see which I thought we should have had with the Justice League live-action movie a reel that we saw. But uh, I guess we have to take what we can get. What I did notice of the Superman we did get to see, it seems like he's getting beat up in every shot. He's getting <laughs> thrown through a wall. He's getting thrown into the ground. He's getting punched. Batman's beating him up. There are several different shots of Superman, and in all of them it seems to me that his feet are up in the air and he's getting thrown someplace. <laughs> I did like the look of Brainiac in this. Uh, it seems there seems to be playing with the the brain side of Brainiac, and he's you know his his head's larger and all that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty cool to see. Uh, the costume designs are are interesting. You know, there's no red shorts on Superman. Wonder Woman doesn't have any stars. Uh, that kind of thing. But uh, she yeah. also has like a big head of hair, like crazy hatchet hair. Wonder yeah. Woman has like sticking up sideways. It's 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 a little strange. Did you notice? And what did you what did you make of it? It seems like Lex Luthor might be fighting on the side of the Justice League. In this, yeah, uh, from what I could tell, he does have that heroic kind of look. That he's got his you know uh, armor, body armor, you know, robot armor thing on. Uh, he does seem to be fighting on the side of good, but which we've seen in the comic books of late. You know, he joined the Justice League and that kind of thing. So he may be a character that is playing both sides of, of, uh, of the of the net, if you like. And uh, we'll see uh, how his character is portrayed. But that was an interesting thing. Uh, we also saw, you know, uh, Booster Gold. We saw uh, the um, Plastic Man. Plastic Man, him. yeah. Uh, Hawk. I think Hawk Man or Hawk, Hawk Girl different characters are, that are in there so uh some interesting choices and uh there's this taxi uh, michael bailey is all on all over the, the 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 taxi thing that's in there the the, the i'm not sure I, it's skipping my mind i've not it's not something that i'm familiar with but i'm not as well read as he is but um 
cosmic taxi or cosmic cab or something like that. But uh, looking forward to all. The, I mean, yes, it's for. It seems to be aimed at a much younger audience, uh, and it is only a quarter-hour animated series, so it's not any lengthy stories like, say, Young Justice. That's a bit more mature. But um, you know, getting these characters in animated form in a new series on Cartoon Network can only be a good thing. Well, listen for them. It seems like they have realized that the way to go is is Teen Titan, uh, a yeah, tiny whatever that show is called. Teen Titans Go. And and yeah, and and you know they came back to the Powerpuff Girls shows that are more aimed at young viewers and kind of senseless in terms of. I've laughed at Teen Titans, no doubt, uh, and and they have a lot of little little Easter eggs for people who do know. Uh, comics or do know that Superman's involved or, or whatever, but it, 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 they're rarely heroic on Teen Titans. It's it's really a lot of mishaps and and accidents and and goofy things they do to each other. But it's I could see how it could be fun for younger people not really looking to invest their brain thinking about a deep story like Young Justice. Mm. And obviously they weren't that happy with. Young Justice, or it wasn't doing what they wanted it to, because that got taken off the air, and we've always we've complained about that enough. But I don't think they want to go that way. So it makes sense, I guess, for them to come out with something a little shorter, a little ADD sympathetic, and a little uh, more skewed to the younger audience that they seem to be pleasing with a show like Teen Titans Go. Mm. So that is Justice League action. We don't know a premiere date yet for Cartoon Networks. I hate that title. Yeah, I guess it's the JLA. So uh... what happened to the one book? And we're going to talk about comics. Maybe I should have brought it up then, but I don't even know. Does anybody even know? Did anybody read it? Did it even come out? Does it exist? This book I heard about that was going to be a new, a second Justice League title that was outside of continuity that was going to be, and I think that was called JLA, and the A stood for something else as well. It was like a a book that was going to have arcs about each hero and it was starting with Superman and I can't remember what mm. it was and I never found it and I never saw it. Maybe it came out, maybe it didn't, but... Uh, no, it doesn't ring a bell. I mean, I know there is a new Justice League title for the Rebirth era and there's a Justice League America title that's coming out uh, probably next month that's in the Rebirth era, but um, no, that's that's news to me. I yeah, there was one. We, it, we we talked about it on one of these shows. It was coming out. The, the, the artist was happy about it. He was going to be – I think he was drawing it and he was writing it and it was going to run alongside the – it was in the New 52, but it was an outside of continuity uh, Justice League book and he was happy to be able to tell Justice League stories and, and he was going to be concentrating on each character. But uh, I digress. Mm, interesting. Okay. Well, let's move into comic book discussion, as you mentioned. And let's start. And because now with Action Comics and Superman, there are two issues per month. We have issue 958 of Action Comics. And in this one, we get a little bit of a recap to start the issue of uh, Clark Smith talking about the fact that they come from a different universe, that he worked behind the scenes. The Superman that was part of the New 52 universe died. Lex Luthor declared himself to be his successor. And now, you know, there's a man who claims to be Clark Kent wandering around Metropolis. And now Doomsday has turned up. And it's the same Doomsday, you know, covered in the green uh, coverings with the stuff holding him back and, you know, wrapped with an arm behind his back and all that kind of stuff. The way he appeared when he first appeared back in the mid-90s or early 90s. 
And, you know, Superman has to, alongside Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor fight him in the middle of Metropolis. You've got Jimmy trying to take photos. You've got this powerless Clark Kent, who is a real mystery, um, looking on and trying to report on it with Jimmy. And Jimmy's going, I know it's you, Clark. Go in there and help him. You're Superman. He's going, no, I'm not Superman. I'm just Clark Kent. And we're going, what? Who is this? How did he come? Where did he come from? Uh, and you've got Lois and, and Jonathan looking on via the TV reports. Uh, with Jonathan, you know, not sh not knowing that once upon a time his dad died at the hands of this doomsday, and Lois is, you know, trying to protect him from that from that information as they watch on and uh, and you know see Superman fighting to save the city from doomsday. I like how in comic books people can watch every step of a battle, <laughs> like every punch, every kick on TV from whatever, as if. As if in the middle of a disaster that's going on, there's going to be some newsman with a camera right there on every seeing angle. every punch, every kick, everything that we read in the book, they can see <laughs> on the TV screen. I, I love that when I read that. It's, it's happen it happens every time there's a battle. and yeah. Somebody can watch it right on TV. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of – there are a lot of interesting things going on. It almost seems like they just took everything – and threw it at the book, and it's just there. Because Lex is there, Jimmy's there, uh, Lois and Jonathan are watching what's going on. Uh, Doomsday is there. They're fighting in the streets. Uh, I guess Lex Luthor is about to be killed. It's it's a, there's a lot going on, and it's a lot. It is it's a lot of nonsensical stuff just kind of happened suddenly, and now we have to figure out why and get to a point where it all makes sense. Mm. And then it moves straight on to 959 Action Comics, where it continues on. Lex is nearly, you know, being shredded apart. Um, and uh, Lois is thinking back, you know, at the time when uh, Clark did die at the hands of Doomsday. And But um, Superman knows now, having fought this creature before, that he can't hold back. That from the very beginning, he has to do everything and every, anything within his power to be able to stop Doomsday here and now. Lex Luthor uses a mother box to repair his costume, and uh, Doomsday is just rampaging through. But the problem is that this Clark Kent, this weak, powerless Clark Kent, who, this mystery figure, gets in the way of trying to report it, gets his arm broken, and Superman has to try to, to save him uh, while telling Lex to help save the people of the town. And, you know, it's just uh, a continuation, I guess, if you like, of 958, I mean, you could really see the two being one big comic book. But, um, you know, the, the fight is taken underground. There's a massive explosion. But Doomsday is still alive and standing over Clark on the final page of this particular issue. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing. I mean, for years I've been wishing we still had Superman, Man of Steel, a comic book, mm -hmm. and uh, Man of Tomorrow, where we had four books every month. Uh, but uh, looking at it realistically and looking at it from a business standpoint and looking at it from where the money is coming from and how much they're making, all of those books were canceled because no one's buying four books a month about Superman. No one's buying uh, comics anymore in general. So you can only sell what you can sell. And maybe this is only a limited time thing as they relaunch Rebirth. Uh, I would love it. 
I would if 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 suddenly Superman was popular and if suddenly comic books were popular and if suddenly all of these books related to Superman were selling. But I, I how long can we possibly go on with two actions every month and two Supermans every month? I just don't see it being a viable. And as you say, that could have been one big story. I'm not saying there wasn't enough there to have two books. But in the last 15 years, we would have had two books over two months. We wouldn't have had two books in one month. And I like that we have more material and more books. And obviously, the company would love it if they can continue to sell books at $3.99 or $4.99 or whatever they sell for now twice a month. But I just don't know how viable that is or, or, or if that can possibly continue. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I, the, the twice monthly thing is uh – is a bit confounding. Uh, I'm wondering whether or not the artists and the writers can keep up that pace uh, or whether they're just writing it as one book that's maybe a little bit longer than they would normally write and then it's being split into two issues across the month as a from a publication point of view and an editing point of view with printing and all that kind of stuff, but whether the writers and artists themselves are just looking at it as one issue uh, per month that they normally do, but just maybe a few extra pages or something. It's... It'd be interesting to ask, say, someone like Dan Jurgens or Tomasi or Gleason or some of those guys involved, you know, how they're approaching this two-issue-a-month thing. Are they looking at it as one big issue or, or what? So uh, that is an interesting... But are they still 20 pages or 22 pages? Is it, are they each full books? Yeah, well, they appear to be, so uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any less pages. Mm. Mm. Then we move on to Superman at number two and number three. Now, the last podcast, we spoke about Superman number one and your thoughts on Superman and the fact that Jonathan was looking at this, you know, he was looking out the window, he sees Batman and Wonder Woman arrive and Superman's towering over him. There's a lot of long shadows. And and I was from the perspective that this is all Jonathan's guilt and, you know, the way he was perceiving it and that, you know, it was was, uh, from his perspective that all these things looked scary and, you know, they were talking about him and all that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of... You know, I don't want to say I told you so kind of thing, but I think uh, this next issue bears this out with Jonathan asking his dad, are you turning me over to the Justice League? Is that why they came to talk to you at the farm? And he says, no, they were, Superman says to him, no, they were checking up on me. Um, and, you know, then so they asked to kind of win over their trust. I said to them that I would take care of this um, issue that's currently happening, that they're flying to the, to, uh, what is it, the ice, uh, a Coast Guard icebreaker that they have to um, uh, save, and he thought he'd bring Jonathan along to help him as part of his training with his new powers, and uh, things go from there. Well, you are possibly right. I still feel like, and I don't, (laughs) listen, as far as I told you so, I don't (laughs) mind if you do, because I would rather it be explained in that manner. I just don't feel like, I have since read other reviews and I have since listened to other people talk about it, and it seems like, and, and I just may be an idiot, and, and I'm sure the, the two viewers I have on Great Scott and the, <laughs> and the hundreds of thousands you have listening to this that have to bear with my voice as well uh, already know that I'm an idiot. But my thinking on this was uh, that I'm the only one who didn't get it from what I've been hearing. It sounds like everybody kind of knew that uh, that Jonathan was seeing this from his viewpoint and that they weren't that scary and that they weren't there for him and that they weren't talking about him and that Superman wasn't imposing in his room like that. Uh, I didn't get that. I didn't see it that way. I still don't see it that way. I don't see how 
it could come across that way, but everybody else saw it and I didn't. So I'm the one who must be wrong. But I, but I, uh, <laughs> we did see Superman storm in there, slam the door open, and say, "Quietly, you're coming with me." We did see Wonder Woman land with a sword in her hand. We did see them looking angry in the dark shadows. And from my point of view, Jonathan is a child who deserves better from his parents than what he's getting and has no reason to be guilty because he hasn't done anything wrong. But that's just me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's feeling, I think, guilty because of the fact that, he, yes, he killed the, the, the house cat and didn't but he get was on. Attacking, he was attacking an attacker and the cat just happened to also yeah, get but what I'm, I know that. I know that it was an accident. I'm not saying that he did it on purpose, but from a kid's point of view, they feel that guilt. They feel that shame. They feel that, oh, my God, what I'm, I'm going to get in trouble kind of thing. I must be in trouble. And, um, you know, here, obviously, in this issue number two, uh, Superman, you know, puts his mind at ease and brings him along to help train him. And the interesting thing here is, uh, yes, there's this giant squid that's being controlled, but uh, Jonathan comes to help, to help, to help, to help. There's something going on now. He cuts his knee. Uh, he's feeling a little bit cold. Uh, and some creature, we find out in the next issue who it is, comes across the blood droplets on the snow, and in, in uh, I guess takes that them as samples and fuses them, brings them, uh, studies them, finds out that they're half Kryptonian, half Earthling, and uh, we find out that in the next issue that a particular creature, or before that, uh, at the end of this issue, Jonathan falls out of a tree. The tree break, branch breaks. He's sitting in there with uh, his new friend Kathy, and uh, her grandfather brings Jonathan, who's unconscious. Um, into the house, into the Smith house, and Lois and Clark, you know, I, I guess Clark gets a little bit uh, protective here and, um, you, know, uh, you know, is concerned about Jonathan, and they take him to the new 52 version of the Fortress of Solitude where they come across the Eradicator. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and then we move into issue number three, uh, which is the confrontation with the Eradicator and uh, the fact that he... To, uh, to, he looks exactly like the Eradicator that we've seen from the pre-Flashpoint era with the goggles and the, the look and everything like that. But he has a new set of powers, a new origin, if you like, a different origin where he's, you know, he was there to preserve life on Krypton and preserve the Kryptonian way. But when Krypton exploded, they were off planet and he followed the rocket ship to Earth. And uh, here he's come across uh, Jonathan, who is part Kryptonian, part Earthling, and he wants to eradicate the Earth part of him, which doesn't sound like that will keep Jonathan <laughs> intact because how do you rip out an Earthling's DNA from a, a, a hybrid, if you like? Uh, and in the process, Crypto is gone. And, oh, man, that's a terrible thing. Uh, here's the thing, you, and you got to wonder, if if the Eradicator followed the ship to Earth, Why'd it take him so long? Where, where's he been all this time? <laughs> He's just been hanging out someplace? Plus, there was some sort of crossover where we now have two different versions of Superman. There's a, a whole set of universes that has been destroyed. There's another character, Telos or Talos or whatever the hell we decided his name was, that put it all together, and now they're all back again. And at the same time, there's this guy saying, uh, Superman, you can't live your life the way you've been living. Forget about uh, fighting Doomsday with Braun. You have to do something different. And that's in the action comic, of course. Mm. So at the same time, the Eradicator is now involved and, and somehow wants to 
eradicate the portion of Jonathan that's earthling, but uh, only decided to show up now. I don't, I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where uh, it's a new story with a character that should have been around before, but they, he hadn't been introduced before, so they just say that it took him longer to come to Earth than the rocket ship did. And uh, I just find it interesting that we're getting these versions. We've got Doomsday. We don't know where he, or how he came about, uh, but he's obviously the pre-Flashpoint version of Doomsday appearing in the New 52 or Rebirth era um, all of a sudden. Now we've got this Eradicator who looks like the pre-Flashpoint Eradicator appearing in this Rebirth era. So everything seems to be falling back into place from the pre-Flashpoint era. All versions of those characters seem to be introduced into this Superman's world all of a sudden and we don't know where or how they've come, especially Doomsday. Um, so it's uh, there's Clark Kent. There's a lot of mystery, and it's got me interested. I'm reading the Superman comics with a lot more interest and excitement than I have for a long time, but um, they're stringing us along with these mysteries. I guess that's true, uh, but Doomsday's the same, so if, well, the if it's, o- if it's okay was that... A, was a... No, I'm saying, but if it's okay that the old Doomsday showed up again, yeah. and we're going to wait to find out the mystery, then... It's probably okay. Yeah. Similar, at the same time, another character from that storyline has appeared, the Eradicator, looking the same way as he looked mm. then mm. and behaving in much the same way. So maybe there's something to be said for this guy in the background that seems to be manipulating things or involved with knowing who manipulated them. And so now we have the other character and he's appeared in much the same way as Doomsday, just out of nowhere, yeah. just suddenly showed up, and, and only at this time. So it seems that they connected. the time period has kind of converged with the New 52, and, and that's where we are. They've kind of slammed together, and, and now we have to figure it out or, or, or come to an understanding as they reveal the mysteries. Mm. So, like I said, I'm uh, excited for the Superman titles for the first time in a long time. Uh, so we're looking forward to see where they're taking us with this. Now, speaking about uh, Rebirth era and everything, we've got a new Superman, a, a new title called New Superman with a hyphen in between Super and Man. It's based in, in China. We've got this Chinese Superman. Um, it's unrelated to the Superman comics at this point in time. We don't see any crossover, but there are a lot of similarities in the characters. You know, we've got this Lani Lane or whatever her name is, who's obviously like a Lana Lang, Lois Lane-type character. We've got... Um, a, 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 um, this character's obviously some type of a Lex Luthor-type character. But um, this, this Kenan Kong isn't a very likable uh, hero, if you like. He's a bully. He's picking on this other kid whose father owns an airline, and that airline happened to be the airline that Kenan's mum was travelling on when she died uh, in a crash. There's a character like called Blue Condor who uh, is taking this, uh, this uh, young boy and uh, Keenan comes to his rescue, which is against kind of what he does. But, um, he, you know, he wants to try to pick up this reporter lady, this other behind-the-scenes kind of um, organisation wants to experiment on him. His dad doesn't, you know, he's a conspiracy theorist about this organization. There's a lot thrown into this particular comic book for an issue one. And uh, it was interesting. I'm not really loving this Kenan Kong character, but I guess that's the point, is that uh, he's not a likable character at first. 
but maybe because of his infusion with these powers, he'll become more of a heroic character. And at the end of the issue, we get a Batman and a Wonder Woman thrown in for good measure. Well, listen, um, <sighs> I, <laughs> I picked this up uh, in the comic book store when I was buying my books uh, the other week, and I looked at it, and I, I was so tempted to buy it because it uh, seems to have some relation. But then I, I, leave, I thought about it, and I said, I feel like this is a new thing. It's another attempt at diversity for the sake of diversity as opposed to uh, for a, the sake of a good story to tell or a reason or a good character to create. It's trying to play on the Superman name, which isn't selling anyway, so uh, that's another thing that is, seems nonsensical because it's it's not like you're calling it new batman which uh, batman books kind of sell in terms of comic books not selling at least batman sells as much as any comic book might sell but new superman number one is just a redundant title it's got the, the, the it's got the dumb hyphen in there he's not really superman he doesn't have any of the colors he's not related in any way i looked through the book i leafed through it I saw the final page. You're talking to the Chinese Batman now, and I said, "This is is poorly written. People don't even talk. People don't talk like that in any way. Well, no one's going to come down and say you're talking to the new Chinese Batman. No one's going to say. <laughs> no one, you know, you don't show up and go. By the way, I'm the American Scotty V, and you're talking to him now. You just are what you are, and you say what you." are going to say you don't say who you are and where you're from because we're reading a chi- a book about a chinese guy uh so that's a little it was, it was a little jarring but i didn't buy it uh because i don't feel like it has any real connection to the superman books per se other than they took the name and he's got an s that doesn't look like any superman s so uh i don't feel like it pertains to what we're looking to talk about mm, so i uh- yeah, I mean, I'll keep on for issue two, but it's a strange one. But uh, we'll... I don't imagine it'll last. I, I didn't think it would when it was announced. Yeah. I, I couldn't understand what they were. Go- I mean, I guess I understand what they're going for, but again, it's strange, I, I'm not in charge choice. of any of these companies. I don't have a good job, a creative job. I, I'm, 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 you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm a loser. I drive a bus, <laughs> so. Uh, everyone's going to say, who are you? Go write your own book. Come up with your own company. Run your own organization. I get it. I don't do any of that. But I feel like they, someone needs to tell them that – not just them, everybody. The idea of diversity is not just so you could be – say, oh, I'm diverse now. You got to – to be organic. Be, to be sensitive and to be – accepting and to and to have something that means something to the people that you're trying to represent it ha- like you said it has to be organic it needs to really make sense and mean something copying a name from another hero copying L- Lanny Langsy or whatever you said and coming up with names that sound kind of like another hero's names because you want the the the, the familiar familiar Oh, yeah, that forget <laughs> you want people to feel to like they're reading those books um, is not the way to create a new 
Chinese character or a new mm. gay character or a new black character, whatever it is, create that character, make it strong, come up with its own thing, and, and then people might want to read it. Here, I don't know what this is, but it doesn't seem like it's any of the things that I think they're trying to accomplish here, but I don't believe this is the way to go about. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. All right, that's what we're, uh, where we're at with the comic books. Uh, looking forward to uh, more new uh, issues as Rebirth continues to pump on in, uh, as we go through August. Now, before we move on to anything else, I wanted to uh, mention that, yes, this past month we have launched, relaunched the Superman homepage. The website has been rebuilt using a totally new system, totally new design, totally new feel, more bells and whistles, more social aspects to the website. It seems to be very well received. It seems to be pumping along nicely. And I'm really proud of the fact that it kind of, uh, it, uh, it all happened uh, a rather smooth changeover. wasn't weren't too many teething problems. Uh, everyone re-signed up to their new accounts and seems to be enjoying the website. And the hits seem to be increased. You know, uh, the polls seem to be getting more people voting in them. So it seems to be a, a success all round. I'm really happy. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've I've looked at it a few times myself. I don't. I'm not as familiar with the numbers as you are, but if, if, if all of the uh, numbers are really increasing, anyway, you look at that, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't uh, checked out the website uh, in full, you know, there are different things with your profiles, social media aspects of it, the, uh, the commenting, new kind of image galleries that we throw in there with different news items, the way it's all presented. Um, check it out because I think it's a huge improvement on where things have been. And it's been a long time coming and a long time in the planning process. So... Uh, check it out uh, if you haven't done so already. Now, in some sad news, uh, we sadly lost one of the members of the Superman family this uh, past month, Noel Neal, uh, the original Lois Lane from the Superman serials back in the late 40s, uh, then the Superman TV series, The Adventures of Superman, from seasons two to six. Uh, she played Lois Lane. Uh, she was also in Superman the movie as Lois Lane's mum. She was in uh, Superboy, the TV series, for a, a, for an episode. She appeared in the Jerry Se uh, Seinfeld uh, Superman American Express commercials. She was in Superman Returns as Gertrude Vanderworth. Uh, she's the first was the first lady of Metropolis in Metropolis, Illinois, appearing at so many different Superman celebrations across the years. Sadly, she passed away aged 95 and is a great loss to the world. She was such a lovely lady. Yeah, I uh, talked about this a little bit on, on Great Scott uh, when I was uh, uh, kind of uh, discussing the idea of the supporting cast and the importance of Lois Lane in Superman's life. And Noel Neal was a... Uh, she was one of these rare... I think rare from what I hear and what I read about other actors. So one of these rare actors who uh, really embrace the idea of being a part of the Superman universe, of being Lois Lane uh, a time long ago and, and still was kind of the Lois Lane of the Superman celebration, always was there in Illinois when it went on every year as much as she could be. And I think she fell off in recent years uh, because of uh, frailty and, and illness and, and old age. And everyone, of course, was hoping that she would return one day. But 
obviously 95 that's a very that's a that's a that's a tall order i think and uh, the fact that she went as long as she did and was 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 pleased to do it took pictures signed autographs talked to people uh was was really among everybody every year for as long as she could be and uh and as you said involved with so many superman projects over the years and willing to be uh, cast and cast again simply because she was Lois long ago and was pleased to be involved with it and, and really represented uh, the world well. So uh, definitely a, a great woman to have involved in the Superman universe. Uh, similarly, I said uh, when uh, Jack Larson passed mm-hmm. uh, last year or whenever it was, she did live to a very old age and had a long, uh, seemingly uh, happy uh, life. So that is a, a positive to take away from. We all move on. Uh, so to make it to 95 and, and to be so involved and so happy and so around friends and and uh, to be doing what seemingly she wanted to be doing uh, is really all we can all hope for. So a uh, great lady and uh, a great long life. Mm, yes, you'll sadly be missed, but uh, we can only live so long. But uh, she was a wonderful person. Really loved her fans, had so much time for everyone. Was a sweet lady. I was uh, lucky enough to call her a friend. Uh, had met up with her a number of times when we were in Metropolis, and you know, got to take her to lunch. And we, sh- you know, we shared Christmas cards each year from for, for many years. And uh, a lovely lady who uh, will be greatly missed by those who knew her and knew her well, and uh, by her fans in general. So uh, may she rest in peace. Absolutely. All right, and now it's time for the big question. Last month's question was, what do you think of Tyler Hoechlin being cast to play Superman in Season 2 of Supergirl? And Christopher Miron wrote, Hey, guys, I only have really seen Tyler Hoechlin in Road to Perdition, but I think he'll do just fine as Superman. I do find it to be an interesting choice, since Clark was already Superman when 12-year-old Kara arrived on Earth. So it's funny that Tyler and Melissa Benoist are only a year apart in age. What's most exciting to me is that since Supergirl has already crossed over with The Flash, this opens up the possibility to have Superman appear on the rest of the DCW shows or even a new Superman series. Mm, interesting thoughts there indeed. It'd be uh, great if we yeah. got something like that. <laughs> Thanks, Christopher. Uh, Donovan Hunter wrote in. He says, I think he's a great choice. I thought he was good on the MTV show Teen Wolf. I remember him auditioning for Batman for Batman v Superman, but I'm glad he's going to be the Man of Steel on TV. I can't wait for season two of Supergirl to start. Thanks, Donovan. Oh, yeah, I wasn't aware that he auditioned for I Batman. I did not know that either. The interesting thing uh, on the last response that they're only one year apart in age, actor-wise, uh, it would be more than one year. But remember, she was she was frozen, so the fact that she, I guess, grew up. She was already 12, or so it's, it's not like she was an infant. Mm. Uh, uh, so it's still 10 or 15 years, which is more than a year, but it's a little less than. Uh, anyway, Patrick O'Neill wrote, <laughs> he certainly looks the part. I'm excited, to, I'm excited to see how he does with the role. I'm also really interested to see what the costume will look like. I'm hoping for an S on the cape. But since Kara doesn't have one, I doubt he will. Anyways, great show as always, guys. Thank you, Patrick, and thank you for your continued support. Yeah, it'll be interesting you know, the to S, see the costume. S on the cape, I don't know. It seems to be a problem for everybody. I guess, I mean, maybe there is something to when they say, well, yeah, animating it or whatever is a problem. But uh, 
I don't know. It just doesn't seem with all the animation they're able to do these days. That seems like a very minor issue, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't get too many responses this month, so we're moving on to the new big question. Let's hope that more people will respond to. Did the Ultimate Edition of Batman v Superman improve the movie for you? If so, how did it improve it? And if not, why didn't it? Yes, get involved with the new big question segment of our show by using the big question uh, feedback form found under the favorites menu. You'll find the uh, Radio KAL page under the favorites menu on our website, and you'll find the button there for the big question. Get involved. We'll read out all the responses here on our next podcast, or you can record an audio response, send it in as an MP3 file, and we'll play them here on Radio KAL. All right. What do we got for the comedy sketch this month, Steve? Well, thanks to Patrick, um, we have another comedy sketch, this time from Screen Junkies. Um, it's, uh, they present an after-credits scene from Superman the movie. Check it out. It's pretty funny. Previously on Superman. Lois? Lois? No! Hey, Lois. Hi, Superman. Wow, Superman. That fight against Brainiac was just wild. It sure was, Lois. I haven't had a moment that intense since the time you died and I turned the planet in reverse to go back in time to prevent it. What? Nothing. I died? And you turned the world around backwards to save me? Yep. Was this when the helicopter crashed? No, no. The first time was the big earthquake. The first time? This pasta sure is terrific, Lois. How many times have I died? Lois, could you pass the garlic bread? How many? You mean today? Today. I died today. Do you remember that bagel you couldn't get out of the toaster? Oh my god. That pack of hyper-intelligent Dobermans that attacked the Daily Planet? It's like my entire existence is meaningless. And what they did to poor Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy too? You did the time thing for him though, right? Uh, mm. No. You're overreacting, Lois. Overreacting? Do not roll your eyes at me, Kal-El. Sorry, Mom. Wow. Have fun sleeping in your ice castle tonight. Well, here we go. Wow, Superman. That fight against Brainiac was just wild. It sure was, Lois. Only one thing alive but less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Last month's sound came from the Lois and Clark Season 2 episode, That Old Gang of Mine. Eleven people guessed it correctly. They were Rick Ruiz, Jamie Kelly, Ilan Sternfan, uh, Mike Zumo, Dan Bagdian, Robbie Eleanor, Dan Sharp, David Huang, Lynn S.M., Patrick O'Neill, and Donovan Hunter. Congratulations, guys, and if you can come up with any crazier surnames for Scotty to read out next time, that would be fantastic. <laughs> hey, listen, that's a lot of names. That's more, I think that's the most I've ever read. Yeah, that's 11. great. Well, well, what done. happened to everyone responding to the question? <laughs> I thought, oh, geez, we're losing viewers, but there are listeners, and now we have this many people on the other thing. So you're out there, and, and that's great. Good job, guys. Yeah, well done on guessing that one correctly. Let's hear that sound again to remind everyone where it came from. So that was the sound. 
Now, let's see if those 11 people and more can guess where in the world of Superman this new super secret soundbite comes from. He's a superhero. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the super, super secret soundbite entry form found at the Radio KL podcast page under the favourites menu to enter this part of the show. Anybody who guesses it right will have their name read out and pronounced correctly here on our next podcast. <laughs> and now it's time for the Superman song, which this month is, once again, Superman. And it's this time by the Bulgarian disco band Volcano from their 1982 album, which was also titled Superman. Yep, here's Superman by Volcano. the song and that is our show remember if you do have some suggestions that you'd like us to uh, try to put into the show here on Radio KL maybe there's a topic you think we need to discuss a big question you'd like us to ask 
Maybe there's a song you'd like to suggest or a sketch you think we need to play. All those suggestions can be sent to us here at the Superman homepage. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com. You can email Scotty, scotty at supermanhomepage.com. You can also use our KAL feedback form, and we will try to get those suggestions in our next show. But for now, thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve, and everybody, thanks for watching. And remember, even if you've uh, burned the cat alive while you were trying to rescue it, keep looking up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.